This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Lakramir Asmian with the news. First, the top stories. The Romanian president, Klaus Johannes, is visiting Hungary today at the invitation of his counterpart, Katalin Novak. The Romanian parliament strongly condemns the terrorist attacks against the state of Israel and the civilian population. And the largest annual Orthodox pilgrimage in Romania, as well as in Central and Eastern Europe, is in full swing in Yash. Romania's President Klaus Johannes is visiting Hungary today at the invitation of his Hungarian counterpart. It is the first official visit to Bucharest by a Romanian president in the last 14 years. Romania's presidential administration explained that the visit takes place in the context of increased dynamics of high-level contacts after the official visit made by the Hungarian president to Bucharest in September 2022 and the participation in the 8th summit of the Three Seas Initiative, hosted by the President of Romania in September 2023. The strategic partnership and its development prospects, as well as the concrete ways to deepen the bilateral dialogue, are on the agenda of talks. The U.S. has promised Israel all the support it needs to respond to Hamas's actions. A first plane loaded with American ammunition has already landed in Israel, and the Secretary of State Antony Blinken is going today to meet with Israeli leaders to find out how they can be better supported, including in the perspective of a ground offensive in Gaza. Last night, the U.S. President Joe Biden strongly condemned the attacks and reiterated that Israel has every right to defend itself against what he called the absolute evil unleashed by Palestinian terrorists. The death toll after Saturday's massive attack launched by the Palestinian group Hamas is increasing, the number of Israeli dead reaching 1,200. The Israeli army revealed to the international media the horrors perpetrated by the terrorists in a small Jewish settlement near the border, where entire families, including dozens of children, were killed and their homes were looted and set on fire. The two chambers of Romania's parliament gathered in a joint session adopted today a declaration regarding the terrorist attacks against Israel and the civilian population. 
According to the document, the parliamentarians expressed their full solidarity with the State of Israel, strongly condemned the attacks of the terrorist organization Hamas, the crimes and violence unleashed on the civilian population, and expressed their deep regret for the victims of these attacks. On the other hand, the Romanian ambassador to Israel, Radu Ioannid, stated that the situation of the Romanians in Israel is under control. As of Sunday, more than 72,000 people have already passed in front of the shrine with the relics of St. Paraskeva, which was taken out in the yard of the Metropolitan Cathedral in Yash, the saint being considered the protector of the eastern region of Romania and of the needy. The Romanian Orthodox Church celebrates St. Paraskeva on October 14th, which is why every year around this day, Yash becomes the largest pilgrimage center in the country and equally in Central and Eastern Europe. Many people from the country and abroad come to pray at the relics of St. Paraskeva and of other relics of saints specially brought for the pilgrimage. This year, it was decided to bring to Yash the relics of St. Andrew of Crete. And that's the news. Dear friends, the Radio Romania Board of Administrators decided to temporarily suspend the use of two out of the five Radiocom shortwave transmitters that ensure the broadcast of Radio Romania International's programs because of budget cuts. The RRI programs in English are affected. All of them may be received on only one frequency instead of two as of August the 1st. The frequencies, as well as any other prospective changes operated by Radiocom further to reception monitoring and to your feedback on reception quality will be announced in our broadcasts on our webpage and on Facebook. We invite you to follow RRI's programs online at rri.ro, including On Demand, on SoundCloud, on Android and iOS apps, via TuneIn and via Satellite. You can find more details on our homepage. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn and Spotify. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Romania and Ukraine agreed to elevate their relations to the strategic partnership level. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Stefan Stoika. Volodymyr Zelensky has unwillingly become, under dramatic circumstances, a star of the global political stage. For this reason, his visits to countries in the democratic bloc that have been standing by Ukraine in its response to Russian aggression are very important events. On Tuesday, Zelensky paid his first visit to Bucharest since the start of the war in his country, during which he was given assurances that Romania will support Ukraine for as long as needed. Supporting Ukraine, the Romanian president said, is a strategic interest of Romania. Klaus Johannes. L-am asigurat astăzi pe președintele Zelenski de hotărârea României și a societății românești. I have assured President Zelenski today of the determination of Romania and the Romanian nation 
to continue multidimensional and consistent support for Ukraine and the Ukrainian people, including the military one, for as long as it takes until victory against Russian aggression, the liberation of the entire territory, accountability of all those guilty of the crimes committed, and further in the country's recovery and rebuilding process. That was Romanian President Klaus Johannes. Klaus Johannes has condemned once more Russia's repeated attacks on Ukrainian port infrastructure in Romania's vicinity and reaffirmed his country's commitment to facilitating the export of Ukrainian grain to global markets. Johannes also said Ukraine and Moldova have Romania's political support to open accession negotiations with the EU by the end of the year. A key moment of the visit was the signing by the two leaders of a political declaration elevating bilateral relations to the level of strategic partnership. Ukrainian president thanked Romania for the military and humanitarian support granted to his country at a very difficult time. He summarized the topics discussed with his Romanian counterpart. We discussed about security at the Black Sea and supporting peace, about infrastructure and opening new border checkpoints and about national minorities, Zelensky said. Also discussed, the Ukrainian president said, was the speeding up of the training of Ukrainian pilots in Romania so that they can be sent to the battlefield as soon as possible and also the military support requested by Ukraine. Volodymyr Zelensky also met with the speakers of the two parliament chambers and with Prime Minister Marcel Cholaku, the latter agreeing to speed up infrastructure projects so as to double the transit capacity through Romanian ports. The International Monetary Fund has revised down its latest forecast on Romania's economic growth. This is Daniel Bills at the microphone with a report by Daniela Budu. The International Monetary Fund has published its latest economic forecast, according to which the world economy continues to recover from the pandemic, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the energy crisis of 2022. But the medium-term prospects are mediocre. So the IMF has forecast a 3% global growth next year, with the US outgrowing Europe. Data shows that Germany is the single G7 economy to see contraction this year. The IMF estimates a 2.2% growth rate for Romania this year from an initial forecast of 2.4% and a 3.8% growth rate next year. According to the same forecast, the average annual inflation rate in Romania is to be around 10.7% in 2023 and 5.8% in 2024. The IMF expects an unemployment rate of 5.6%, similar to last year, and of 5.4% for the next year. Also worth noting is that an IMF mission that has recently visited Romania, has announced the deficit will reach 6% this year and go down to 5% next year. According to the IMF experts, the objective of the government in Bucharest in the following years must be a budget deficit of roughly 3% of the GDP. 
The head of the IMF mission for Romania, Jan Case Martin, believes the fiscal measures package the government wants to implement is not enough and that it will be difficult to implement in an election year like the next one. He says the aforementioned package is meant to curb the budget deficit, but other programs are needed to increase the effectiveness and incomes. The priorities of the Romanian government must be, the IMF experts say, an improved tax collection and the elimination of the fiscal exemptions. Jan Keys Martin also believes that the taxes levied on banks have added an additional burden on enterprises, which could bear on their financial performances. Fiscal policy also needs to be well-planned and clearly communicated to provide predictability for households and firms. Increased predictability of spending on public sector wages and pensions is also important, and the planned reforms in these areas in the context of the NRPP are vital. These steps should help improve medium-term budgeting, the IMF expert went on to say. He also believes that investment in Romania's education and healthcare systems needs to continue in order to achieve the EU standards. Privileges in the public system must be eliminated and the green transition supported. We recall that last month the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development revised its forecasts regarding Romania's economic growth. According to the EBRD forecasts, Romania's GDP would register a 1.8% growth rate this year and a 3.2% next year. And that was Radio Newsreel. Dear friends, we have a special announcement for you. On Sunday, the 5th of November 2023, on the first Sunday following the Romanian Radio Day, which we celebrate every year on November the 1st, we invited to take part in Listener's Day on Radio Romania International. Twenty twenty three is set to become the warmest in recorded history, warns the EU Copernicus Service. After average temperatures measured around the world during the summer and in September have reached the highest levels ever recorded. Climate change has triggered not only temperature records but also extreme phenomena. Devastating fires, heavy rainfalls, thunderstorms and flooding. In the 2023 edition of Listener's Day, we ask you whether and how climate change has influenced you. What steps do you think should be taken to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions? And how could each of us contribute to reducing our carbon footprint? Do you see education as a useful instrument to tackle climate change more efficiently? Should there be more platforms to discuss climate change? What role do mass media play in this context? We're looking forward to receiving your answers, which will be included in our show on the 5th of November.
You can email them to us at engl at rri.ro, post them on Facebook or send them as a comment to this item on Radio Romania International's website at rri.ro. You can also send us pre-recorded answers via WhatsApp at plus 40744-312650 or you can send us your telephone number so we can call you from the studio and record your opinions. Thank you. listening to Radio Romania International. Society Today Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu. While socio-economic discrepancies between Romania's regions have been a known reality for a long time, there is now talk about another gap, the one in education, which could be an effect of the first. For example, a recent study carried out by Newsweek magazine shows that despite the fact that Romania is the best-placed country at European level in terms of the number of medals that students won in 2022 at International School Olympiads, the results of the PISA tests, the Programme for International Student Assessment, place our country in second to last place in Europe. Usually based on the PISA results, the level of functional illiteracy is established. And in Romania, over 40% of students up to 15 years old are affected by this phenomenon, both in terms of the ability to understand a text and the ability to use scientific knowledge. Exactly this last problem, namely the teaching of sciences in the pre-university environment, was also the theme of some of the meetings held within the recently concluded Bucharest Science Festival. Various university professors and high school students discussed during several practical workshops. Among them was Kristina Todashka, vice dean at the Faculty of Chemical Engineering and Biotechnologies at the Polytechnic of Bucharest, who noticed a certain specificity of the recent generations of students who choose the faculties of the Polytechnic University. The experimental part is missing a lot before university. There aren't that many experiments in physics or chemistry anymore. Therefore, understanding abstract concepts only by attending the course and notions written in chalk on the blackboard is not possible. If the emphasis were on the experimental part, especially from the first years of school, the notions would be more comprehensible to children. It would be much easier for them to understand certain concepts if they could see how it works. 
Children who are exposed to science regularly, even from elementary school, later end up learning mathematics, physics, computer sciences and biology much more easily. All of this requires a certain amount of imagination to understand what is happening at the atomic level. And then to understand what is happening there, you have to imagine, see the effects of the theories and understand the usefulness of the notions. Eventually, things will become much simpler and easier for them to understand. The need for practice or generalization of laboratory experiments in schools and high schools is a subject that is much talked about, but without any outcomes. Also, scientific practice should even be accompanied by philosophizing for a better understanding of the mental processes that led to the deepening of scientific knowledge. Philosophy and sciences can be taught together and obviously adapted to the age of the students, believes Emilian Mihailov, university lecturer at the Faculty of Philosophy of the University of Bucharest, answering the question of when is the best time to start teaching philosophy and science. I think the question of when this type of education should begin is a very good one. The answer shows us how close philosophical education and scientific education are. They were originally the same thing. Scientific education was part of philosophical education. But why were they one? Why were they walking together? Because philosophy is born in the feeling of wonder. Science is also born in the feeling of wonder. That is why I believe that philosophical scientific education must take place in childhood. It is children who, par excellence, illustrate wonder. And this, I believe, should start in primary school. This means that we in primary school can cultivate those educational practices that explore people's fascination, not memory. I'm not saying that memory is not important, because it is extremely important, it is how the brain develops, that is, by memorizing information. But beyond memorization, let's explore what fascinates children. And children in Romania, like all children around the world, do not lack curiosity or imagination. Evidence of that is how they can excel in a discipline rarely taught in Romanian high schools, astronomy. The situation was observed and commented on by Cristian Kitsu, director of GMV Romania, a company that works directly with the European Space Agency. I would start by saying that it is interesting how Romania manages to win medals at the International Astronomy and Astrophysics Olympiads when there is no such subject taught in high school. It is done on a voluntary basis in centers of the student club type, in dedicated centers where the teachers are dedicated to teaching these subjects. But even so, we manage to perform and amaze. I, for one, am amazed, but I don't think there should be one compulsory subject in schools. Maybe there should be a common core of compulsory subject matters, but this one, whether we call it astronomy or astrophysics, I think it should be part of a so-called optional trunk or optional branch, because the problem we have at the moment is that we all leave school programmed according to the same subjects. So the need to combine theory with experiments, a certain method of meditating on scientific foundations, but also encouraging curiosity through play at a young age, could over time reduce the current gap between a record number of international Olympians and a large percentage of functional illiterates in the Romanian school. 
That was Society Today. You are tuned to Radio Romania International broadcasting from Bucharest. Report of the day. Hello, I'm Ana Maria Popescu, inviting you to listen to a special report on the 21st edition of the European Week of Regions and Cities, which is taking place in Brussels between the 9th and 12th of October 2023. The agenda of the European Week of Regions and Cities covers over 200 sessions on topics like security and sustainability, post-industrial transition, retraining talent for regional growth, small and mid-sized urban centers, cross-border cooperation and social innovation. The event also includes many other side events, such as an exhibition showcasing stories from local and regional leaders, managing authorities and administrations on the use of cohesion funds. The biggest annual event dedicated to regions, cities and the European cohesion policy, the EU Regions Week 2023, also offers many networking opportunities. On the sidelines of the event, Radio Romania International Zeujan Kozokariu had a talk with the European Commissioner for Cohesion and Reforms, Elisa Ferreira, on the current state of the EU cohesion policy and on the financial impact of a new enlargement wave on the EU budget. Commissioner Ferreira, which is the state of the cohesion policy of the European Union, the mandate of the von der Leyen Commission approaches to an end? Well, it's uh, cohesion policy is as essential as the internal market. So I think uh, in broad sense, we may reflect on how to improve it. We may innovate it. We have innovated a lot to reply, to give answers to the COVID crisis, to the welcoming of Ukrainian refugees. And uh, we have introduced more innovation, more awareness of climate and the environment, and we'll go on doing this. So I cannot imagine the unity and solidarity and the strength of the European Union without cohesion policy. So I'm sure it is going to remain a core policy of the European Union. And my second question, uh, let's assume the European Union will enlarge with the Western Balkans, Ukraine and Moldova, which could be the impact on the budget of the Union. Yes, we have got to reflect upon that. We'll see, but this is something that has got to be, as the President Ursula von der Leyen said in a speech of the Union, we have got to narrow down the issue and to understand the different the different dimensions of the thing. What is the calendar? What are the dimensions that we have to tackle? What is the step-by-step approach to the enlargement? And of course, there is an adaptation of the voting systems, of everything, of the budget. Uh, so let's go step by step. We have done enlargements before. Romania is one of these countries and we survived it. We have got to do it carefully, very technically, within a framework in which, of course, enlargement to those countries is a political option and a political priority. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was the European Commissioner for Cohesion and Reforms, Elisa Ferreira, talking with Radio Romania International, Zeujan Kozokariu, on the sidelines of the 2023 European Week of Regions and Cities.
Next in this program, sports. Romania's football side might advance to the first place in Group 1 of the Euro 2024 qualifiers. This is Daniel Bill to the microphone with a report by Florin Orban. On Thursday and Sunday, Romania's national football side will be playing two games in the preliminaries of the European Football Championship next year. Our footballers' first match will be against Belarus in Budapest on Thursday and the second one in Bucharest on Sunday against Andorra. Both matches will be played without supporters after the Romanian Football Federation has been sanctioned upon the match against Kosovo. Organized groups of children under 14 will be allowed to the stadium during the match against Andorra. For the two matches, coach Iordanescu has summoned 26 players from Romania and abroad. The lineup will include several new players, such as Denis Dragush from the Turkish side Gaziantep, Denis Mann from the Italian side Parma, and Luis Muntanu from the Romanian champions Faru Constanza. Tudor Boluța and Mariana Ioani, both from Farul, have not been summoned, and neither has George Pushkash from Genoa. Due to the injuries he got in the latest leg of the Romanian Football Super League, fullback Mario Camora from CFR Cluj has been replaced by Andrei Borza of Rapid Bucharest. Also in Group 1 on Thursday, Kosovo plays in Andorra. The match in Tel Aviv, pitching Israel against Switzerland, has been postponed for November the 15th due to the state of war declared in Israel. On Sunday, Switzerland receives Belarus. and the Israeli representative could go to Kosovo, although the game in Pristina could also be postponed. After six matches, already played in the Euro 2024 preliminaries, the Romanian national side ranks second in the group with 12 points, two points behind Switzerland. If they beat Belarus, Romania could top the group's ranking. In the end, we remind you that you can revisit this report on the internet at rri.ro as well as on Radio Romania International's Facebook profile. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next in the program, here is truly Romanian. I'm Eugen Nasta. Zima 
Nu se uită fetele cum dau cu picioarele Nu se uită fetele cum dau cu picioarele Un feciorii tropotie stură și țura Și-o cu mândru bărbătie stură și țura Un feciorii tropotie hai țură și țura Și-o cu mândru bărbătie hai țură și țura We have prepared for today a fine choice of songs performed by 36-year-old Marius Vasile Iusco, hailing from northern Romania's Maramureș County. I have just been listening to one of his most successful songs. Here is another fine dance song performed by Marius Iusco. Dorule dor 
We end Truly Romanian today with yet another fine song from Marius Iosco's repertoire. Trăuiesc un bine 
Next, happening in Romania. Hello and welcome to another edition of Happening in Romania with me, Kalin Kotsoyu. This show is a continuation of our ongoing series about ethnic minorities in Romania. In view of the terrible ongoing conflict in Ukraine, we thought we would bring you a tale of peaceful cohabitation and hope during these times of turmoil. In previous shows, we have told you about ethnic groups in this country, such as the Tatars, concentrated in the province of Dobroja, the area between the Danube and the Black Sea. That territory is a veritable crucible of ethnic and religious groups, reflecting the tumultuous history of the place. For most of the last few centuries, the area was a province of the defunct Ottoman Empire, and that contributed greatly to its spectrum of identities because that empire was actually relying on its diversity to maintain political and economic power. In the European regions, it came to dominate for a long time. Among the populations it became home to are the Russian Old Right Believers, or as they are known to Romanians, Lipovan. As they would remind you, they are in fact Russian Lipovan. They are a closely knit group that has preserved traditions to a greater extent than a lot of other groups for several reasons, which hopefully will become clearer as we progress. The Lipovan are concentrated in the Danube Delta, 
which, due to its peculiarity of terrain, has remained largely undeveloped and untouched by modern industry and urban planning. As such, this community has always been rather isolated, and, besides preserving a traditional way of life, has developed its own characteristics, setting it apart from many other minority groups. But let us not get ahead of ourselves. Even though the proximity with Russia would make it common sense that there would be a Russian presence in the Danube Delta, that does not explain why there would be such a coherent community with such a staunch identity in that area. The explanation lies in 17th century Tsarist Russia, where religion was a pillar of national identity and state authority. Between 1652 and 1666, the head of the Russian Christian Orthodox Church introduced major reforms in the faith, the rites, and the dogma of the Church. Reluctance to come in line with the new prescriptions and eventually outright rebellion led to widespread persecutions which went so far as to uproot whole communities of people, who fled to places where the authority of the Tsarist Church could not reach them, and where they could worship in peace in line with the oldest of traditions. That includes crossing themselves, holding fingers in the older tradition, chanting in unison monody in church, and using Old Church Slavonic in the holy texts. Also setting them apart from most other Orthodox believers in Romania, they hold to the Julian calendar, which most visibly results in Lipovans celebrating Christmas in January. Also in the traditional villages, which, as we have mentioned, hold traditions unusually well, mostly due to geographical isolation, the Russian language is the norm. Though it is, predictably, a form of Russian preserving a lot of archaic elements that have been lost in the mainstream language. The place called home by most Lipovans, the Danube Delta, in spite of having a reputation for beauty and pristinely preserved natural surroundings, is a rather inhospitable environment, with few other sources of nourishment aside from fish. As a result, the Lipovans are widely believed to be the best fishermen and the best cooks of fish dishes, as well as the best river navigators. They also have secured a solid reputation for being hard workers, with uncommon resilience and a serene outlook on the hardships of existence. As Romania industrialized, they spread around their area to look for more lucrative jobs. They became famous for taking on menial, hard construction jobs with a smile on their face, earning them the endearment of bearded bulldozers, 
since they mostly grew beards in accordance to the tenets of their hard-held faith. And of course, as a result, and quite predictably, when Romania decided to form a team of athletic rowers for international and Olympic competitions, the best athletes of the team proved to be the one with roots in this community. One in particular became the uncontested star of Romanian kayak canoeing, Ivan Patsaikin, with no less than seven Olympic medals, four gold and three silver, won in the 1970s and 1980s. He eventually became the head coach of the Romanian international rowing team, gaining the well-earned nickname The Admiral. The 2002 census revealed that there were almost 36,000 Lipovans in Romania who chose to declare their identity, though many more are rooted in that community. The old-style Russian language is still alive and thriving among the people of the Danube Delta, and they still hand down to young generations the skills of a rural life, along with crafts and artistry of a water-bound existence. They have formed closely-knit communities in most cities around the Delta as well, bound together by a common faith and language as they did 400 years ago when settling in places that most locals avoided. Predictably, they held mostly to river cities like Galatz and Breila, aside from the obvious places, Tulcha and Sulina, the last cities on the Danube upriver from the sea. So, when you travel to the Danube Delta, don't bother bringing your Romanian conversation guide you'll be much better off with your Russian phrasebook. Wishing you happy travels for happening in Romania. I'm Karin Kotsoy. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. 
Welcome to Simply Folk, the traditional music segment, wrapping up today's broadcast on Radio Romania International. I'm Ana Maria Popescu, and our guest today is Ionuz Fula, one of the most highly appreciated folk vocalists from Transylvania. Here he is with a song entitled Everyone Longs for Something. And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl.ri.ro.